let's talk about everybody's least favorite animal rights organization. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about PETA. The one and only PETA. People for, uh, I forgot the name of it. I, I had it up here, but I had to delete it. So, talking about my pet peeves right now, before we get to the whole PETA situation, I recorded a 30-minute podcast on this very subject, and it deleted so I'm having to re-record this for actually a second time. So yeah, life is uh, life is kind of trying to annoy me right now, but we're gonna get it this time. It's gonna be a fantastic episode here on Common Sense Christianity. Before we get into PETA, uh, make sure you uh, share this episode. Give us a five star review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Go share it with your friends and family so we can continue to grow as a ministry. And as a podcast, go check out my friend Sean McCray's ministry, Heart of the Matter, uh, on YouTube. There's a lot of great things that is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's a very fun guy. You can call into his show and ask him questions on Tuesday evenings. All right. Um. So this post really pissed me off from PETA more than usual. And it says, if you care about the work, working poor, about racial injustice, and about climate change, you have to stop eating animals. Jonathan... Saffron for Foher. Uh, I hope I said that last name right. Okay. Y'all, this is the stupidest thing. Not to mention, most black people eat meat. I only know one or two people that are black that are vegan. We'll leave it at that, though. We're not going to make any racial jokes here because people might get offended. Um, but continuing on. If I care about racial injustice, I have to stop eating animals? Really? I mean, really, this is crazy. It's absolutely insane what they say. And they have a whole list of points that I'm going to read for the third time because I recorded this two times before. Hopefully, this is the last time. Um, it says, one, animals aren't ours to eat. Who said? Uh, I mean, Really? Uh, sure, we should we should treat them with respect and stuff, but what gives animals any rights at all, and what gives humans any rights at all? PETA doesn't like to talk about that because their philosophy doesn't add up. Continuing, uh, there's no excuse for the systemic violence and cruelty that humans inflict on animals in the food industry. All right, I'll give you that, PETA. We we should treat our animals better. Obviously, let's treat them better, PETA. Don't go into any radical conclusions like you're going to. Uh, their second point, animals aren't the only ones who suffer at the hands of the meat industry. See, they're about to make it about race. Uh, the majority of slaughterhouse workers are brown and black folks who come from low-income communities. The meat industry strategically places most of their facilities in rural impoverished areas where an employment opportunities are limited so they're giving them jobs PETA how many jobs are you gonna give them PETA I mean really I hate this one you don't have to work there two um they are providing jobs with which helps with the economic growth it helps uh, these guys provide for their families and three if you were to place it in PETA's neighborhood, where the representatives of PETA live, I'm sure they live in a nice place. Um, then they wouldn't be working there, not because they're uh, not vegan. A anyone that's in PETA's wealth structure, I should say, they're not going to be working there. Why? Because they don't like hard work. White people aren't going to work there. It's like how people complain about illegal immigrants in the country. Who do you think is picking the oranges and the apples and getting all your fruits and vegetables? It's not Americans because Americans are lazy. We don't like to work out of the heat. So they, they, these companies take advantage of illegal immigrants in order to get that food because Americans won't take it. They provide a, a, a decent wage. They, 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 they say... Hey, we'll, we'll hire you for this much money. We still refuse. So what they do, they take advantage of illegal immigrants. It's a disgrace. But that's what happens. They, the meat industry will do whatever is economically viable. And same with you, Peter. 
I'm sure you're trying to cut costs around every corner just like everyone does because this is called common sense. But let's just imagine for a second, they just left, packed up their bags. We don't want to hire black people because we don't want to suppress you. Instead, we'll give the nice white man your job. Imagine that. Imagine just leaving all these African-Americans that are that are providing food for the country without a job and moving it somewhere else, PETA. So think about how stupid your statement is, PETA. Uh, continuing on. Uh, Continuing on, workers are forced to murder and dismember emotionally distressed animals at dangerously high speeds and maximize profit for the companies. It is traumatizing, unsafe, and unhygienic work. Workers often suffer from PTSD due to the intense psychological impacts of murdering animals. Since the coronavirus outbreak began, 30,000 meatpacking employees have tested positive for COVID-19, and over 100 have died from the virus due to the horrific working conditions and denial Paid sick leave. Number one, guys, in my list of points, uh, you signed up for that job, so you should know what you're getting into. Number two, um, they are are murdering uh, animals again. Yeah, you, you signed up for that. You signed up for that job. I mean, uh, everyone knows what they do there. They kill the animals. They process the animals. They package the animals. They freeze the animals. And they ship the animals. I mean. Uh, it doesn't get any more simple than that, Peter. Uh, the coronavirus realized there are people that need to eat. And again, I'm not making excuses. I think we should have went about this a different way. And the meat companies should be held responsible for putting their workers at risk. But realize millions and millions of people in this country and around the world rely on these meat packaging places in order to get food, Peter. Because people aren't going to go and hunt for their food. Uh... Point number four, their final idiotic point. Globally, animal agriculture is responsible for more greenhouse gases than all the world's combined transportation systems. And global shift towards plant-based food is vital if we are to combat the worst effects of climate change. Animal killing animals kills us all. And again, it's idiotic. I'm sure it contributes to climate change. Climate change is a big issue. But we need to deal with it appropriately. We don't need to take PETA's position. Because PETA just wants to destroy the world economy. They just want to just put people out of work. And then say, oh, we saw climate change. Does it help that millions of people are out of jobs now, PETA? Because if you get rid of oil, if you get rid of uh, uh, nuclear plants, if you get rid of the meat industry, if you get rid of all these things, the people will lose jobs. There's a transition period that you need to do. And no... We're not going to die in 12 years like a lot of people like to claim from climate change. Now, climate change will hurt us, definitely, but we aren't going to die from it. We are resilient creatures. Now, the problem is other animals will die from it. And that's what concerns me the most. We need to take care of those animals. We need to take care of the earth itself. But see, my position isn't radical enough. It isn't sufficient enough. It's not quick enough for PETA. And then they misrepresent SeaWorld. And in uh, this post, it says 42 orcas have died on SeaWorld's watch. Okay, you forget that animals die if you listen to PETA. Animals dying is called nature. Now, again, a lot of this it does have to do with captivity, for sure. They don't get any give any specific animals. They say, after being open for 56 years, Hashtag SeaWorld has let 42 orcas die on its watch. That is so stupid. They try their hardest to take care of these animals, at least the veterinarians and trainers. I, I doubt the corporation. They care about the money. Um, And then they say, tap the link in our profile. They urge SeaWorld to send the remaining orcas to seaside sanctuaries before it's too late. Peter, it's not helpful how you're boycotting them and making them lose millions upon millions of dollars. And then as, hey, you want to spend another 10 to $20 million sending these animals over to a sanctuary where they might die, where they might spread diseases to, where they may be exposed to different diseases? Like, they don't, they, they act like it's going to be perfect, this is going to be a sanctuary, it's going to be heaven for the orcas. If only it were that easy. 
Now let's talk about Blue World, the project that uh, SeaWorld was going to spend $100 million on to expand the orchid tanks and make their lives a lot better. Now see, the anti-captivity people said it was just expanding the breeding grounds. They didn't want it. So guess what? SeaWorld didn't give it to them. And as a result, the animals are the ones that suffer. People don't realize this. When you boycott SeaWorld, you boycott the animals. What are you going to do with them? You're going to release them? You want them to go out there and starve? You want them to get exposed to new diseases? They can't communicate. They can't properly echolocate. What are you going to do? What is your boycott doing? What is the point of it? People don't even know what they're protesting for anymore. Go over to uh, a Black Lives Matter rally. Oh, we want to abolish the police. We want to defund the police. We just want racial justice. You don't know. You go over to a uh, Trump rally. Why are you voting for Trump? Well, we want to make America great again. We want we, we want to make the economy better. Obama was trash. If people just listen to their talking points. And Peter's no different. No different from Trump. No be- different from Black Lives Matter. No different from all of them. They're just organizations with agendas. Yes, I'm calling all of them out. Just agendas. That's all they are. And they exploit the victims for their profit. Black Lives Matter gets hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm sure PETA does too. Trump's campaign, he's a presidential candidate, gets hundreds of millions of dollars. They're all cult leaders. They're cult leaders in their specific issue. Is it black people that are dying at the hands of cops? Well, let's make a cult out for that. Are organs being taken from their mothers and sent to small pools? Well, let's make a cult out of that. Are people killing chickens and making a profit out for chicken nuggets from McDonald's? Well, let's make a cult off of that. It's all cultish behavior. It's all group thinking. No one thinks individually. No, there's no room for thinking individually. No one even knows what they're protesting anymore. Because they follow as a collective and whatever their leader says they believe. And that is the biggest mistake of today. Biggest mistake. But when Peter says, I, as an African American, don't care about the working poor, racial injustice, and climate change because I enjoy a good hamburger? That is one, disgraceful. Two, their, their leader is white. So that's pretty much a white person telling me that I don't care about my own issues. Or I shouldn't even say my own issues. For the issues of fellow African Americans. Really? You know how much of a psycho you have to be to believe such a thing? To, le- to believe... PETA, to believe their lies. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of crap. It might take me a sec to look for, and I've read this on the podcast before, and it was very interesting to me. It was about PETA and euthanizing their animals. And I will be very happy if I can find this quickly. And I, I, I guess I'm not. Um. Whew. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna find it. Um, I'm I'm ruining my my rhythm with this, so I'll I'll probably have to try and go off in memory. Oh, got it. Of the 2,500 animals that were in Peter's custody in 2018, Peter euthanized 1,700 of them. You want me to read that to you again, Peter, just to make sure you heard it again. Of the 2,512 animals that were in PETA's custody in 2018, PETA euthanized 1,798 of them. Oh, but they're animal rights people. 42 orcas have died under SeaWorld's captivity. Oh, no, 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 no. We have to give, we have to criticize that. But not the, not us. We've euthanized tens of thousands of dogs. And claim to be about the animals. Now, I'm sure there's some justification for some of them. But all of them, I highly doubt. Because you know what? PETA is a sick organization. They don't care about the lives of these animals. All they care about is spreading their propaganda. Saying that I don't care about racial 
injustice because I eat meat. Really, Peter? Tell me, what have you done to help the black community? Tell me, Peter, what, what's so beautiful and what's so great have you done to help African-Americans in this country? Tell me. You gonna hand them a vegan burger, Peter? You gonna tell them about animal cruelty? You gonna tell them how sorry you are that they are were born black in America? You gonna tell them that, Peter? I don't think so, Peter. You're just another scam artist. Just like every other organization out there that uses this. And it's sickening. Do black people, because a lot of them like fried chicken, do they not care about racial injustice, Peter? Or if we have a barbecue and have some ribs and some uh, and some uh, other food there, hamburgers, turkey legs, if we do that, do we not care about our own issues, Peter? Realize how much of a dummy you have to be to believe something like that. I can't stand it. I can't emphasize it enough how dumb and disrespectful that is. And I have to check the comments of it. In fact, I might just do that. Just to see if people are calling this out. And I might go on there and call it out. There's 737 comments. Uh, and you know, it's it's people just, just kissing their ass. Kissing Peter's ass. I'm not vegan. Uh, I'm not vegan yet, but I haven't eaten meat since October. Little steps. Earthlings got me. You, like most of us, you should... Uh, you should have realized sooner. Hope you guys keep up all the hard work you do. And then they said, you got this. Our vegan mentor program can help you take the next steps. No one cares. If your life's work is trying to become vegan, that's a waste. I don't care if you're vegan. Hannah's vegetarian. I make fun of her for it, just as a joking matter. I don't actually care. I don't care how you live your life. But there are much more important things than not eating a cow. And then this lady says, My son has been influenced by his friends to try meat products. How can I change that? Influence to eat regular food? These are the things that people waste their time with. And I'm wasting my time talking to you guys about it. But you know what? I talk about everything on this podcast, so I might as well throw PETA in there. PETA, come on the show. Defend yourself. Zoe will come on too with you because she has some questions for you too. Defend yourself, PETA. I emailed them about a week ago uh, an invitation for the show. haven't gotten a response. I'm not saying that I'm not going to get a response. I hope so. I really want one of them to come on. I want to have the discussion. Let's see, Peter. Let's hear your thoughts about what your organization does. And do I not care about black people because I eat meat? Please tell me that. Send me one of your white representatives so I can hear it from them. This is a problem with society today. We hear the same crap, we hear the same talking points, we hear the same generalized crap. The the people, the big corporations are saying we need to fight against systemic racism, we need to fight against injustice when they are the ones that are causing systemic racism, when they are a part of the supposed white hierarchy. But yet we give them credit, we give them credit. Unbelievable. And then they tell us how bad America is, even though they benefit from the American system. They tell us about what black people go through, even though they've never been to the hood, even though they've never been to the projects, even though they never lived there, even though they're not even black themselves. It's why I don't comment on it. I've never lived in the hood. I've never, uh, I've been to the projects before, maybe once or twice. Not really. Uh, Maybe I have. Probably not. I've lived a life of privilege. 
I'm just as privileged as a white person. I mean, I admit that. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, I'm a victim, because that's a lie. But people lie about their victimhood. And going back to the question I said for PETA, PETA, what gives an animal a right? What is a right? Where do our rights come from? Do animal rights come from God? Do they come from evolution? Do they come from just basic nature? Should we just do it because you think that's the right thing to do? What, the, what makes it right? What is your moral basis for it? See, people love to claim that people have rights to things, but they have no either constitutional, no moral, no philosophical, no religious basis for that right. I'm not saying animals don't have rights. I think they do. Because rights come from God. And God commands us to respect his creation. That's the right. But God, Jesus ate meat when he was on this earth. And I will always maintain the position that humans are more important than animals. Ooh, controversial. I'm sorry. That's a view. That's my religious view. Because a chicken, a cow, a bear, an orca, they are not made in the image of God. Now, see, I care about them. I care about them very deeply. I have emotional connections with these animals. But they are not as important as a fellow human being. So, therefore, they are not guaranteed the same rights. See, this is all philosophical. And, you know, my vegan friends will be like, Oh, Ethan, that is atrocious what you say. That is atrocious that you say such a thing. Well, tell me. Tell me where these rights come from. And I don't want to hear it from PETA. PETA, let me ask you something. If a dog is dying, or if a dog has health issues, who, should the dog be able to decide to die? No, it can't. You know why? Because it doesn't have the mental capacity. We have no way of communicating with it. So a human decides who does have the capacity. You get what I'm saying here, Peter? There's a different level of intelligence. And I know intelligence doesn't determine value. But in this case, it plays a very important role. But when Peter sits here and criticizes SeaWorld for the wrong instant when it has the same wrong, in fact, even more wrong than SeaWorld has ever done. They have more wrong than I have done. They kill more animals than, uh, than SeaWorld does or than any other marine park does or any other zoo. They are hypocrites. They are disgraceful. They are the scum of the earth. They don't actually care. They care about money. That's all they care about. They care about money. They care about fame. They care about recognition. You'll never hear anything disgraceful mentioned about PETA on the news. Because the media protects them. They protect organizations like PETA. You'll never hear this from the news. And this is why I say these things. This is common sense Christianity. Make sure you go check out our website, cscpodcast.org. Subscribe to the podcast. Go into uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and leave us a comment uh, there and on our YouTube channel. Help us grow as a ministry and help us spread the gospel to all creation. We will be right back. You know, I, I have to give this example. Uh, this well-named Lolita. And she is a... I can't believe this animal has lived for this long. She was born in 1964, if I remember it correctly. And she's still alive today, living in what I find one of the harshest orca living conditions in the United States of America, at least to my knowledge. And we've been talking about PETA throughout this episode. Well, we're going to use PETA as a source because that's just what we do here. We'll, we'll flip-flop. We'll trust PETA on some of the things here. Um... And their first point is, Lolita lives in the smallest orca tank in North America, which it, it's probably true. She's confined in space that is in its largest dimension, just four times the length of her body. The tank is only 20 feet deep at, at its deepest point and 12 feet deep at its shallowest. Now, keep in mind, y'all, Lolita is 22 feet long, I think. So she... It, she can't even dive down her full body length. 
Uh, continuing on, creating an absolutely abysmal experience for a mammal who can swim up to 100 miles per day and dive down thousands of feet into the ocean. Now, th this I, I figured out, uh, uh, someone told me on one of my Instagram posts wasn't true, the 100 miles a day thing. I said it's averages between 45 and 86 uh, miles, which e either way, it's still a very, very, very long distance. And this is a very, very small aquarium. Uh, sometimes Lolita's living space is, even, is made even smaller. According to Miami Sea Aquarium records, the water level in the tank is often dropped. Lolita is left with even less depth. At one point, the tank reached a maximum depth of only 11 feet. Lolita's historically small tank contains a concrete platform that she must swim around to access the rear portion of the enclosure and she doesn't even have access to this back area at all times. As the gates on either side of the platform are often closed, in 2015 alone, she was gated overnight for the equivalent of almost a month. Friends, uh, this is the most uh, disgusting thing I've ever heard on this podcast. The, the most one of the most disgusting things we have I in my opinion the most disgusting thing we have discussed on this podcast we have discussed abortion we have discussed uh things in the Bible things that people say to me that all of these things and nothing pisses me off more than this and here is why you take a 22 foot long animal that was taken from its family in 1970 at four years old. I believe, if I have my information correct. It's somewhere around there. You take them and you put them in a small pool. This animal is in its 50s. And it's all it knows. It's been isolated from other members of its species for almost as long. So it's basically solitary confinement. All it sees is us, us pouring in and looking at this poor animal. How can you go there and say that this is right? How can you go there and say that that this is okay. This is fun to watch. Oh, look at how happy the animal is. Look, it's living its life. It's a, it's swimming. It's performing tricks. We're all so happy. We're looking at it. Oh, it, it's just beautiful. How disgusting. And see, this is the problem. This is where I think animal rights activists are right. I mean, how the hell are we going to allow this? It's disgusting to me. And the fact that we aren't criticizing this more is even more disgusting to me. The fact that that PETA doesn't talk about this as much as it does SeaWorld. It's all about the money, folks. Miami Sea Aquarium is probably, probably run down. It's probably more poor than... Uh, it probably doesn't get a, a generate generate a, a lot of income. But because places like SeaWorld bring in $2 billion a year, because it's such a big industry, because it has the most organs, it has the most dolphins, it has the most sea lions, etc. Because it's the biggest corporation, it is perceived as the biggest threat. And this simply is not true. SeaWorld, we should... We, we should embrace that they're actually trying. They're trying to create change. They're trying to take care of its animals. But yet here at Miami Sea Aquarium, it's run down. They have this animal, this poor animal in this little space. And the fact that it has lived so long is what is truly amazing to me. Uh, and then Peter makes some uh, claims in here that I am not completely sure about. So dolphins attack her. There, there are other species of the dolphin family with Lolita in this. And it says Lolita is incapable with the Pacific white-sided dolphins who are confined with her in this um, incompatible was word, in this abysmal tape. They routinely engage in raking behavior, scraping their skin with their teeth. Records show that the dolphins raked her at least 52 times in 2015. Sometimes so severely that she apparently needed to be medicated with antibiotics to prevent infection. She was also documented many times appearing anxious and agitated. Now, if this is true, this is the most um, miserable life imaginable.
Because keep in mind, it's a small pool. And th this is also an issue that uh, people are having with SeaWorld, how the orcas rake each other, which is natural. But the, the main problem is, is that they have nowhere to escape. They're in pools. The, they, in the ocean, they have hundreds of miles to swim. They can go swim off somewhere. See where they can't, and here they certainly can't. Miami support. Also notice that these dolphins are a lot smaller. They are a lot more agile. They have a lot more space to work with because of their size. And with their smaller size, they get Lolita get may be a little rusty. She may not be able to get in there. It's like if little children were to come attack me, I'm 5'11". It's harder for me to move around than it is for them because they are smaller and more agile, therefore more flexible. I'm getting a bit carried off here. The whole point is she's defenseless, almost. And then uh, PETA makes more claims, which uh, you know me and PETA, if you've listened to this entire episode, I'm not a really big fan of theirs. I'll state it. I, If I am wrong with these facts, it is PETA, not me. I'm just reading them to you. Uh, Lolita has had eye problems for decades. In the 1980s, she was diagnosed with, uh, I'm not even going to try and read that, eh, blah, 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 blah. Bad eyes. Lolita has bad eyes, according to this. Uh, Lolita's lack of shade causes her skin to burn. Records show that Lolita has dry, wrinkly, and cracked skin, which could be caused by her constant exposure to solar radiation and total absence of shade during portions of the day, which the sun is at its strongest. I don't know if you've ever been in Miami. It, it, the sun can be pretty brutal down there. Or in Florida in general. I've lived in Florida for 10 years, so I, I can I can testify that the sun heat is awful down there or anywhere in the south. Uh, continuing on, a former trainer even stated that Lolita's skin went often crack and bleed. In the wild, orca, in the wild, orcas are able to escape the sun's rays by dividing, uh, diving deep into the ocean, and uh, an opportunity that Lolita is denied at the Miami Seaquarium. And this is obviously true. It, it, I mean, it, it totally lines up. I don't see how that could not be true. Uh, and this is awful. She, she, Lolita sits there in a small tank with only, at, at most, 20 feet to dive, which you can't even really dive because she's a 22-foot-long animal. Uh, and at shallowest point, it's 12 feet deep. She has two, three dolphins, I believe, around there that rake her sometimes, and she has no opportunity to escape. And on top of that, she possibly has eye problems. And on top of that, she has to deal with sunburns. Can you believe this? Can you believe how sickening this is? That an animal has to go through this. And again, this is where the animal rights activists have it right. This is a problem. This is disgraceful. Not only to humanity, Lolita has been in there for 50 years? No, maybe 49 years, something like that. I mean, it, this this animal has been there before my mom was born. My mom is 42. She was born in 1977. This animal has been in captivity ever since 1970, if I have all my facts straight. Uh, and here's another claim by PETA. Uh, trainers failed to provide her with adequate enrichment. Throughout 2015, Lolita was only given four toys as enrichment, a wetsuit, ice, a hose, and a ball. Notice times she has given only one or two of those items. These are woefully inadequate for a week, let alone an entire year. Orcas are extremely intelligent and complex animals, and this is a blatant disregard for Lolita's well-being being, and is uh, neglectful, which is true. Obviously, orcas in captivity, since they aren't hunting, since they aren't doing their natural behaviors, they need some sort of stimulant. This is where uh, the importance of shows and physical activities that SeaWorld does are very important. But again, uh, this is a complete denial of her rights as an individual. And it is the saddest thing that we have robbed her of her life. Uh, 
2013 study that was published by the peer-reviewed Journal of Zoo and Aquarium Research discusses the environmental enrichment for captive marine animals and states that their physical cognitive skills are not being cha challenged at a high level by floating toys in the pool, which makes sense. Point number seven, trainers have failed to create and maintain a meaningful relationship with Lolita. Uh, for all recorded sessions in a one-year period, only 243 play sessions were documented, and only 138 relationship se sessions where Lolita isn't required to perform were recorded, the lowest number of all documented categories, and we'll continue on. Drugs are a commonplace, and... Eh, uh, I don't know if I can trust Pete on this. Her teeth are drilled. This is another talking point that they use with SeaWorld. Uh, the show must go on. So they're going to go and talk about the shows. Despite Olita's declining health and neurotic behavior, the Miami Sea Aquarium continues to put on show after show with its monkey money-making star. I don't know why it's called the said monkey instead of money. And sometimes she is forced to perform two or three times a day. And there were several instances when Shows went on even though she wasn't able to keep her eyes open or recently undergone invasive procedures. Now, here's a point that I've discussed with uh, Zoe on Instagram before. That these shows, if you're going to complain about a animal not being stimulated, uh, not ha uh, having activities during the day, but then complain about the show, that that's just you being silly. It's being idiotic. Now, again, if she's not in physical health, then of course she shouldn't perform the shows. But also, you cannot get a, I'm just gonna take a guess at the weight of this animal, an 8,000 pound animal to perform. You cannot force that upon them. If they don't wanna perform, they're just gonna say, F it, I'm not gonna perform. I mean, it's really all that simple. Now, I don't know the tactics they use with food. I know SeaWorld has been accused of it, but uh, sort people I've talked to said, that food deprivation is just a myth. It's a lie. Uh, again, I haven't formed an opinion on that. I'll just tell you what I have heard. And I've heard conflicting sources on that. I don't know if uh, the Miami Sea Aquarium does that. It would be ignorant for me to say uh, otherwise. And then uh, point number 11, her environment distresses her. Okay, obviously. Lolita often exhibits signs of distress and frustration in the form of actions toward the trainers that are recognized as pursuers to aggressive behavior. The long list in Miami Sea Aquarium's own animal behavior records covers almost every warning sign, including head bobbing, intense body, and open mouth slapping with a fluke's tail or other pectoral fins, jaw popping, uh, wide open eyes, ignoring signals, unusual vocalizations, avoidance, sinking under the surface, and deliberate slow movements. And this is all obviously probably true. Continuing on, Lolita has been documented to have scratches, rake marks, scrapes, blisters, and on and on and on with the injuries, which of course is awful. She's living a horrible life in a small tank, separated from her family that she could probably still remember because orcas have very strong memory and have a very complex brain. And they ain't stimulating her enough. She's probably not getting fed adequate food. She Again, you have to stress the size of the tank. She's not kept with others of her species, so she has no communication skills. She's basically in solitary confinement. And this is the problem with animal captivity. I'm not talking about SeaWorld. I'm not talking about any other marine parts. I was talking specifically about Miami Sea Aquarium. This is a disgrace, and it has to end. Now, going back to what Zoe and I were talking about, and this is the reason why I am recording this right now. I'm going to throw it in the middle of the podcast that I already recorded yesterday. Uh, Zoe pointed out that Lolita doesn't like change. I, I suggested to her, well, maybe they should sell her to SeaWorld. Because SeaWorld would obviously take a lot better care. And she said, you don't know how she would interact with the other animals. Now, I have to go here, but let me just point, ask you guys this. Would you try? What is it your is it our moral ob obligation, not only as Christians, but just as human beings, to at least try, try and give it a better life? If it doesn't work, we have to find it a plan B. But should we at least try? Because maybe after 50 years of being locked up in a, in a small pool, 
she would want you to take the chance on her. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, Ethan Foster here. We want to hear your opinions on every situation going on in America and the world and all of that. So guys, if you have the Anchor app, the uh, app that I use for this podcast, you can send in a voice message. I'll play it on the podcast and I will respond to any questions you have. Also, um, if you just want to be a guest on the show, you can email me, commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com to talk about any subject. And guys, beware, September 29th is going to be our one-year anniversary, so I'm going to try and plan something special for the podcast when that comes by. God bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of this episode. You know, uh, it's just things like that that bother me. Um... If only I didn't have to end the segment early, it kind of ruined my flow. But on the computer, it gives you a 30-minute time limit, so I have to cut it off then. Uh, We'll look for some more topics to talk about, because I'm in one of those moods where I just want to talk to you guys about just about uh, things going on. And, you know, I ranted about Bill Garthright's email Sunday. Uh, last, So by the time this comes out, I'm recording this Wednesday afternoon. By the time this comes out, uh, it would have been a week ever since I read that. Um, so let's go back. We want to uh, read some of this again. I just, I just want to rant to you about it, just a bit. Uh, so this is the thing, and this it goes with the whole um, staying inside of your bubble of stupidity thing, and. Bill gives me talking points. Man, that's all he gives me. He, 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 he always reverses a question. Bill would be a brilliant debater. Because what debaters do, and this is what I'm good at, is spin the question to make you have to answer it, even though you asked the question. And I gave this example last Sunday. Hey, how was the universe created? I don't know, but you don't know either. That's not what I asked, Bill. Tell me how the universe was created. No, Ethan, we're talking about you. We're talking about God. Why does your God exist? What's your evidence? Uh, is it just a feeling you really want it to be true, don't you, Ethan? Bill, that's not what I asked. And this is what atheists do. They have no explanation for anything. They just say, well, the science will figure it out. Well, look, I, I have a lot of faith in science, but you can't base your faith on anything. What are you basing it on, Bill? You can't have faith in anything. I thought faith was uh, was futile. I thought I thought faith was just an excuse. Um, he always asks for one piece of good evidence that my God actually exists outside of my imagination. He acts like I come up with this stuff. I give him good philosophical tactics. So I say, "Hey, Bill. So if you look at something." If, if you take a computer, for example, the one I'm using, and you see that it has a design to it. If you were to get a bunch of um, a bunch of metal parts, if you were to get a bunch of computer parts and throw them out in the middle of the desert and just hope, just hope that it comes together, will that happen? No, it won't. But what he does, he flips it back on me. How's that evidence for God? The evidence, uh, how this is evidence for God is showing that things such as cells don't just pop up. And so what well, science never says it just pops up. But if it came from nothing, if it came from randomness, then of course it just popped up. That's the only explanation. You can't get past that. And a cell is, is much more complicated than a computer. But see, Bill doesn't like that. He doesn't consider it evidence. He wants me to bring God down from heaven and show it to him. That'll make him believe. It's the same thing how Christians say, well, I'll believe in evolution once I see evolution. That's a dumb argument. All of it is dumb. It's stupid. And I keep bringing this stuff up because you, the audience, need to realize this. That is all a trick. It is all lies. And I've demonstrated how so. Show He says, show me that your beliefs are based on wishful thinking. How's that wishful? Wishful? I'm using my brain, Bill. 
I'm using my brain. You cannot logically tell me that the universe is pull. Woo! Let's make a big bang. Where did the matter come from? Matter isn't created or destroyed. Did it just pop up? And I addressed this last week too. He, he, he says that, well, there could have been a, a universe before this universe. It could be eternal, which is already scientifically disproven. Saw a video with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who, and the question was, what will happen in the next few trillion years? And what will happen is, is that all the energy, the usable energy for making stars, for making galaxies, will run out and the universe will go dark. It'll be dim. They'll have dying stars everywhere. So that can't be an explanation, Bill. You have to have a beginning at some point in time. It's stupid. I think he's using using wishful uh, thinking. I honestly do. And this is what people do. They don't want their leaders to be wrong. They can't accept that maybe they have the wrong idea of the world. They can't accept that maybe they're just being buffoons about given situations. And this is why I have people on the podcast, not just for my enjoyment, because I enjoy talking with people and having conversations with people, but it's for you, the audience, to hear something different. To not just hear the world filtered through me, but to hear uh, the world filtered through Hayda, Gabe, Zoe, Sean, Brian, Benjamin, those guys. And we want to continue this. If there's someone you want me to interview, email me, comments at christianitypodcast at gmail.com. Gladly have a mom. If, you, uh, if you're just an average listener and want to talk to me on the show, uh, you can go on to Anchor, download the app, use voice messages, send one in, I'll play it on the show and then respond to it. Or you can actually come on to the show as a guest. Just have to email me. And, uh, that might be it. Might be it. Uh, just, just with PETA, man. I, I know I keep going back to it, but it's really been bothering me. It's sickening. Because they, they purposely play clips to try and, and make you think that their agenda is, is, is right. To make you think that their perspective is right. They take things out of context. They, they lie about things. They're hypocrites about things. And that is a sad reality uh, about it. So uh, here's a video of it. That, that they say orcas were forced to orcas are forced to perform shows, which Zoe makes a point. How are you going to get a 9,000 pound animal? How are you going to force it to perform a show? Which is a good point. Um, and they make some good points in their videos. But see, the problem is, you can make a good point and come to a wrong conclusion. Um, and then they say that the animals are deprived of food, which isn't true. It's a common myth. They are well fed. Look at those things. They are pretty fat. They are big animals. And if they were deprived, like any other animal, they would become skinnier because their body would start to use up their fat storage. It is a complete lie. It is bullcrap. And you know what angers me? Is that with these boycotts, with these protests, with 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 the loss of money, with, with all the bad press at SeaWorld, it only hurts the animals. If SeaWorld goes bankrupt, the CEO, the COO, and the other shareholders, they will still be filthy rich. The employees will not be filthy rich. They'll be able to go on, find a job somewhere else. The animals will be sold over to Japan, China, Russia, wherever else. And they will suffer much more than they are now. And guess what, PETA? That is reality that you wish for. To give you some more damn talking points, you psychos. I can't deal with this. We have these debates at the expense of 
wildlife. We have these debates at the expense of other people when it comes to having discussions about the border crisis, about the Middle East. We have these debates about uh, exploiting people. People are dying. Animals are dying. Because we are too stupid to realize that what we are doing in these situations are wrong are both radical sides. No, we shouldn't capture orchids out of the wild, but no, we cannot release these guys. Because they wouldn't survive. I mean, I don't get what's so hard to understand about that. Research Keiko. Research him. See what happened to him. Keiko could still be alive today. He was still kept in captivity. Still alive. But yet, people were indoctrinated. The movie of Free Willy said, hey, let's set Keiko free. It looked like a beautiful idea. We never tried it before. And we used him as an experiment to figure out something at his expense. Died of an infection. He was rejected by the other orchipods. He didn't know how to communicate properly. He had no social skill. Because he was taken out of the wild at 2 in 1979. And then released back into the wild in 1998. What do you think about that, Peter? Are you going to continue spreading your bullcrap? Are you going to continue spreading it, Peter? Or are you going to actually make change? Or are you going to actually fight for what's right, Peter? No, you're not. I I'm so sick of these people. I am so darn sick of these people that don't care about the animals, but care about money, care about control. And same thing with SeaWorld, but I'd much rather have them there than in Peter's hands. That I can tell you. Because just like all the dogs they've euthanized, they probably just killed the orcas off. The world is shitty. And that is our simple reality, folks, that we must fight for the truth and fight for what is right. This is Common Sense Christianity. You just listened to an episode of Common Sense Christianity. I'm your host, Ethan Foster, as always, and we love doing this for you guys. Please share the podcast with your friends and family if you like it, and frankly, even if you don't, uh, subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review so that more people can hear the word of God. And until next time, God bless you.